Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. With the anti-Christian and anti-Muslim persecution happening in China, why isn't Joe Biden doing a real boycott? Well, Jason Jones is leading a real boycott. We're gonna talk about the Beijing Olympics and persecution right now. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live interview with a returning guest and fan favorite, Jason Jones, leads Movie to Movement. He's a filmmaker and a documentarian, and also a Christian conservative activist who has been helping the persecuted in Afghanistan, and now the persecuted in China. Jason, welcome to the program via Skype from San Antonio. How are you, sir? I'm great, Chaps, good to see you. Good, welcome back, and uh, this won't air but uh, until after Christmas, but Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you guys had, tell me about this campaign you had before Christmas about giving Afghan kids a lump of coal in their stocking, that sounds like Scrooge. Well, you know, I got coal a lot as a kid and I was <laughs> never too excited about it. I never understood why other kids got toys. But in all seriousness, you know, in our culture, it's bad kids get coal and good kids get, I guess in the old days, an orange and today toys. Um, but in the weeks and months actually leading up to Christmas, my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, was working overtime to distribute coal to safe houses all over Afghanistan to support Christians and other vulnerable communities that were in hiding. It's very cold in Afghanistan. A lot of folks don't understand that. It's one of the coldest countries in the world. Wow. And so we launched, it, 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 I, we realized there's so many folks we need to get cold to, we needed to raise a lot of funds. So we wanted to help Santa Claus giving all the good boys and girls and all the beautiful families in Afghanistan, all the Christians and other vulnerable families, coal. So we partnered with Santa, we had the Coal for Christmas campaign and we distributed coal uh, across Afghanistan to safe houses. And we're still doing that. Of course, winter is still going forward and it's about $250 per family to keep them uh, warm enough not to die through the winter. Oh my gosh. So this is a life and death matter and people really need coal to, to put in their furnaces or in their, in their kitchen stove or, I mean, I can picture like the 1800s in America uh, in some places without electricity. That's how it is today in Afghanistan and you're leading thegreatcampaign.org. Can people still donate to this? Oh yeah, if you go to thegreatcampaign.org, our Afghan winter program is still going along strong. You know, we have, we're supporting Christians and other vulnerable communities in Afghanistan. We evacuated, evacuated many families to neighboring Pakistan and other what we call lily pads. And we're working on resettling Christians and those who served alongside our armed forces uh, in the United States, Brazil, and other countries around the world. This is a huge task. It's the biggest task my organization has ever undertaken and, and took. And it's Sort of like we've had to reinvent the State Department because where is where is the State Department, I guess we have to ask. Well, that's a good point. The Biden administration rapidly withdrew, in fact, leaving Americans behind, but the bigger humanitarian crisis is when the Taliban is now oppressing its own people, 
they have no diplomatic relations with the outside world and your charity is kind of uh, not subversive, but working behind the scenes. You've been active in Afghanistan for over a decade. You made a movie there. Talk about when you first got involved in Afghanistan. Well, you know, my work really first began in Iraq. I'd say going back into the, the mid 90s when I developed friendships with Christians who, who fled Iraq during the time of Saddam Hussein and, and during after the first Gulf War. And uh, it was during leading up to the invasion of Iraq, I was greatly concerned, I, and I said so publicly, you know, leading up to the invasion of Iraq, that if we invade, we better never leave. It's going to take decades uh, of stability operations and nation building, which I was opposed to nation building, but if we're gonna break a nation, we have to rebuild it. And if we leave, when we leave, there'll be ethnic cleansing. And of course, that's what we saw. We invaded Iraq, we left. And then during the Obama administration, the ancient Christian communities, the Yazidis, the Kurds and others suffered a horrible a genocide, the hands of ISIS. And it was through my work with Christians and Muslims in Iraq that the Uyghur community, uh, folks in Yemen and in Afghanistan discovered my organization because we received a lot of coverage um, through outlets like Al Jazeera. So when we left Afghanistan, suddenly my organization out of the blue and unexpectedly was inundated with requests for help. Uh, friends of mine from the military, when I served in the military, who wanted help getting out their interpreters, Christian aid organizations that I had relationships contacted me and said, can you help us get our folks out? I even, I was a competitive athlete in Japan in the 90s. And one of my teammates said that a, a gentleman who was a competitor in our sport was a champion of Afghanistan was being hunted because he was Pashtun Muslim, but would not endorse the Taliban and was being hunted and got a death note. So we got him out. Wow. So it began with just, we didn't look, we have not reached out and said, hey, we're here to help. We just have helped everyone that's reached out to us. And it's been thousands of people. And uh, that's wow. how we got involved. People said help and we helped. Thank God, I wanna encourage our viewers now, if you care about those left behind in Afghanistan, visit thegreatcampaign.org and donate today. This is putting coal in their stove to keep them warm in the winter. Christians who are behind Taliban lines. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Beijing Olympics. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions 
in one of the poorest states in India, where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now, there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there, and we've been helping widows, like the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly, I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know, the benevolent people she's talking about are you and your generosity when you give through our ministry is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God? Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, and help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals, and there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. Please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Jason Jones. He leads Movie to Movement. Uh, Jason, we talked about thegreatcampaign.org and your ongoing work in Afghanistan to uh, to really provide relief for those left behind when Joe Biden pulled out, and now they're behind Taliban lines. And uh, are there any Americans there? I know you were active to get some people evacuated. Yeah, we've actually evacuated Americans, and one of the Americans we evacuated will be speaking out publicly very soon. He was an American, he earned his citizenship 10 years, uh, fighting side by side with US Special Forces as a translator. Uh, he went back, he, he moved to the United States in 2018, became a successful business owner, went back because he married his, his high school sweetheart to, to, to help maneuver her SIV, her visa process forward in the spring. They both got, they listened to the State Department, they did everything they were told every step of the way and were eventually abandoned and walked to their death about four times. By God's grace, they survived. And now he's in the United States. There are, there are still hundreds of Americans trapped in Afghanistan. And we know of one active duty Marine who is um, ethnically an Afghan, but he was home and he got stuck and he's in hiding. So yeah, there's American citizens, there's green card holders, there's tens of thousands of Christian minorities, there's other minorities and other minority communities that are suffering. And of course, there are Pashtun Muslims that are suffering. I get messages from LinkedIn every day. You know, we live in a very strange world. Um, I remember during the Green Revolution, through social media, um, people were communicating to me from the streets of Tehran as they were protesting the regime. And as, as the Republican Guard opened fire on them, with, they were crying. I'm, I'm sitting in my house eating Ben and Deary's watching Seinfeld as the people I'm working with um, are being fired upon. And, and it's the same thing with this. You know, I'm here in this, this, my lovely, safe, cozy office, drinking my coffee, listening to my kids ride their bikes and play Nerf War outside the door. And um, 
I'm talking to families that are hiding for their life, freezing to death, um, suffering the most, you know, unimaginable suffering. It's as if the diary of Anne Frank is being communicated directly into my phone and into the phones of my team members. It's really an unimaginable and very strange situation. Yeah. Um, and we're doing the best we, we can to help them. I just had a, my original point was a Pashtun Muslim girl in, in Kabul messaged me, you know, she's in hiding because she was a human rights attorney and she's being hunted and she's scared for her life. And she's she's begging me for help. You know, she says, I will be such a good American. I will make you so proud. And, you know, she's just pleading as if she's making her case as if all she has to do is convince me and we can move her. But it's not that easy, you know. Right. Um, so it's this this project has been. Um, you know, I was in Sudan during the genocide. I was in Iraq and documented ISIS up close. But this has been the most challenging project I've ever done because it's it's uncanny. It is so unusual. Um, in fact, my daughters and my children could hear me, you know, through, through the doors of my office. And I remember in the late weeks of August, on, on her own, my, my nine-year-old, got off the bookshelf, The Diary of Anne Frank, never said a word. And as I was working, she sat on the couch behind me and she was reading that. And I think it's because she gathered that the work that we're doing is we are directly working with young girls like Anne Frank, wow. trying to keep them alive. It's fascinating to me that uh, that you're you're helping not only persecuted Christians and, and those that's why you're there, right? But also the the minority Muslims who are persecuted not only by the the majority Muslims, in this case, the violent telephone, uh, Taliban against the, the, the moderate Muslims who were even helping America in, in, Af in places like Afghanistan. But now the Uyghurs in, uh, in, in what is Western Tibet or Eastern, uh, I, what is the country there and, and who is Turkestan? Uh, is, that, is that Chinese territory and why are the Chinese persecuting the Uyghur Muslims? Well, you know, the Uyghur are, to me, sort of like the poles of the 21st century, just happen to be in the worst place. Um, sort of like Afghanistan, they're in, in, in they're in very important places strategically. Um, if you ever played Risk, you know, that's where you, you have to win Risk, you, you, need, you, need, Central, you need Central Asia. So, um, you know, the Uyghur are a beautiful people. They were Nestorian Christians till the 14th century when the Turkic invasions came in. Some Uyghurs look like me. Some look Asian, some look uh, Turkish, and uh, they're a beautiful people. They're impossible, near impossible to radicalize. They are, um, they were occupied, they've constantly been the victims of Chinese expansion. Um, that's history. But this modern expansion is, is genocidal. And in 1949, um, shortly after the success of the, of the communist revolution, they invaded Tibet and East Turkestan and they've ramped up their campaign of genocide and ethnic cleansing. And it is truly the greatest genocide of the 21st century. And what makes it so especially sorrowful is that you and I have benefited from this genocide. If we were to put a blue light through our, run a blue light through our homes, metaphorically speaking, we would see the blood of the Uyghur on our electronics, on our clothing, um, they, they're forced to pick cotton. Their organs are harvested and sold to wealthy Muslims as halal organs. If, it's unimaginable, but true. And that's one of the advantages that China has. The crimes against the Uyghur are so unbelievable, I think a lot of people just block it out. But Josh Rogan at the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago had an article that said, uh, 
the, the, the Uyghur cause is about to hit a tipping point. And we really think the Olympics are the tipping point. I wanna get yeah. into that. You, you are a former professional athlete yourself. Uh, you love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I love watching the Olympics. But this year it's different because Beijing is hosting this under the color of global uh, approval. And, and when Joe Biden says, oh, we're gonna do a diplomatic boycott, all that means is rich Democrats are not going on vacation and making speeches there. But we are still funding the, yeah. the, the Beijing Olympics with American dollars through a lot of these companies that are now you know, doing sponsorships and getting famous with ads on NBC. Uh, I'll probably watch the Olympics, but I'm not gonna pay for some of these companies that are going to fund the genocide that's happening from China. Yeah, I hope that there's a boycott. I hope specific sports boycott the Olympics. We've seen a recently a pro tennis player disappeared then creepily reappeared with an eerie message. Um, look, yes, I was, you know, in the third grade, I decided I wanted to fight in Japan. It was, it was the Olympics of the martial arts. It's every four years in Tokyo the Tokyo Dome, and my dream from the third grade on was to represent the United States of America. And in 1995, I had the privilege of fighting there. You know, it's every four years, you get the chance, you don't wanna miss it. These young people have ordered their life for this and they should not suffer, but here's the reality. It is a small sacrifice to pay. And these are athletes who've made a lifetime of sacrifices. Sports, the Olympics is about peace and the brotherhood of man. What I have learned as an athlete is that sports are, is a, I'm Catholic, are sacramental. They're a sign in time of, of who you are as a person. And so I would love to see the athletes themselves lead the charge and say, you know, who I am as a person is someone who's willing to sacrifice for the other. I'm willing to bear a, a, a great cost to myself, um, suffering for the greater good. And so whatever sorrow that the athletes experience from a boycotted Olympics, is nothing compared to the pain of the millions of Uyghurs that are in forced concentration camps, the children who have not seen their fathers for years, uh, the prisoners who've been disappeared, killed, and had their organs harvested. So yes, it will be a tremendous sacrifice for these athletes, but I would like to see the athletes lead the way, show the world what the Olympics are really about. And this is what I say, if these Olympics happen, may they be the last Olympics, because the Olympics were founded not about something as frivolous as sports, the Olympics were founded for peace, wow. for human rights, right. to unite right. us together in a community, into a brotherhood of man. And you know, we live in an age, 100 years ago, we didn't know about the Armenian genocide until weeks or months or, or even years later. We lived in our small towns, we got this paper, news traveled slow. Now it travels so fast, we're constantly distracted, we're constantly being inundated by these pixels slamming into these screens that nothing seems real. I will tell you what is real. Millions of Uyghur are slave labor. They are suffering a genocide. Women are being raped. Uh, they're having their organs harvested. They're suffering forced procreation and forced abortion. If there's something that all of us cannot, this is something all of us can unite around. The Uyghur are truly the most, with those who, and, uh, Christians and other minorities in Afghanistan, are the most vulnerable people in the world. And what I learned from a lifetime of, of being an athlete as I got older, when I was young, it was all about, you know, I wanted to be popular, I wanted to be liked, I, I wanted to exert my ego. But then as I got older, I realized what this is really about is developing those virtues that will make me useful to my community. And so these athletes can provide a great service like Innis Cantor Freedom, 
they can provide a great service to the global community um, by standing with the most vulnerable in the world, the Uyghur and Chinese-occupied East Turkestan. And so we have a petition at thegreatcampaign.org uh, where we are committing to boycott every sponsor of the Olympics and athletic associations that do not boy boycott the Olympics. So all these associations, all these sports associations that make up, that fall under the umbrella of the Olympics, sport by sport, I would like to see them boycott the Olympics. TheGreatCampaign.org to sign that petition and join the boycott. If Joe Biden won't boycott it, Jason Jones will, and he's leading the charge. Let's take a short break. More with Jason after this. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry and the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray in Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support and you can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PRAYNEWS and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm gonna put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. Well, thank you, sir. I accept that endorsement and we support your work at MyPillow.com. Remember everybody, when you visit, use the promo code PRAYNEWS, you get a big discount and our charity gets a little bit of help. So thank you, Mike Lindell, for your support. They get a lot of help, a little bit, a lot of help. <laughs> we need all we can get for Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is my pillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. What I love most about My Slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Jason Jones. Jason, you're there in San Antonio, but we're here in Olympic City, USA, Colorado Springs. And you know, it, it says right on I-25, as you enter the city from the north or the south, uh, we're the Olympic City, of course. They transformed old Air Force Base into the Olympic Training Center for a lot of our athletes who are now going to Beijing uh, this is the Winter Olympics coming up. Uh, we already had the Summer Olympics, you know, after a COVID year it was delayed, but it seems like China is getting a second bite at the apple. They had the Beijing Olympics in the summer just a few years ago. Now they have the Winter Olympics. Why is China maybe favored by the Olympic Committee itself? You know, that's a deep question, and I think we can all use our imagination and jump down that rabbit hole. Another question would be, I'm a Catholic. Why has Pope Francis been silent on, on the Uyghur genocide? Why has Pope Francis, he receives $2 billion a year from China in a secret deal. We know how much money he gets about uh, through leaks. 
Uh, and we know that he's never mentioned the word Uyghur publicly ever. Um, why? Hmm, I don't know. It's quite interesting. He talks a lot about everything, but he's silent on the biggest thing in the world. His our own bishop and seminarians in one whole province. The bishop, all the priests and seminarians have been disappeared. Where did they go? Jimmy Lai, a prominent Catholic layman, a, very, a strong advocate for freedom in the faith, is going to prison uh, as part of the Hong Kong democracy movement. Silence from the Vatican. So yeah, it is really unbelievable. But again, these Olympics provide us a tremendous opportunity to say that we are going to stand with the vulnerable. We're going to take this, you know, a scandal is an obstacle. It's a roadblock. Well, let's stand on this this roadblock and make it a stepping stone. Just let's one little one little example that you were mentioning, not only are they persecuting, of course, the Muslims, but the Christians are being disappeared and the Chinese government is rewriting the Christian Bible. How are they distributing the Bible in its own perverted uh, misinformation campaign? Well, I'm a filmmaker and I think I'm actually gonna make this into a little film because it's so striking. It takes the gospel and turns it upside down and actually it makes the gospel communist. So. They take the story of the woman caught in adultery and Jesus comes up and he says that you who is without sin cast the first stone and he scatters the crowd. When the crowd is gone and it's Jesus and the woman alone, Jesus stones her to death himself. And then in the notes, the Bible notes of this Chinese translation, it says, the moral of the story that Christ was teaching us is that it is the role of proper authority to exert punishment. Oh my gosh. The gospel is about standing with the vulnerable. That is what the gospel is about. Standing with the Uyghur, the woman caught in adultery, standing with Afghan Christians and minorities who are, are being hunted. You know, Nike, I think it's a great parable of Nike. You know, they stand with the powerful. They stand with those who who make the money. It's really gross that the wealthiest, most privileged and powerful corporations in the world um, are the first to sell out. The first to sell out. I hope, right. you know, my emails have been censored by Google. There's been news reports on my emails being censored by Google when I respond to reporters about the Uyghur genocide. How is that? Facebook alerted me a day before the news story broke that foreign governments were attacking Facebook accounts, that my Facebook account was attacked by a sophisticated foreign entity. Okay, here we go. There is a war against us by China. We're gonna send our yeah. athletes to China with COVID origins in, in question, with the Havana syndrome. Um, and Google and Facebook are complicit so long as they allow that kind of censorship, even of your emails. We're out of time, but I do wanna say a prayer. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing now on the poor and vulnerable, especially in Western China, uh, whatever the religion, Father, but we pray for the Christians and those distributing Bibles, that they will not be subverted with a false gospel printed by the communist Chinese government saying that Jesus stoned the woman in a, caught in adultery. Jesus, you forgave her and you never were, were harmful toward people like that. And we pray that the true gospel of Jesus Christ will be proclaimed and all of these evil, powerful companies will be disciplined in Jesus name, amen. amen. All right, that, thank you. Our guest has been Jason Jones, thegreatcampaign.org. Please donate today. 
Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you can, donate by telephone when you call 866-Obey-God or just call us for prayer. It's free, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.